Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad and Hafner. Hey, welcome back, Pure Victory Podcast. Matt here, big armed half here. <laughs> good to know, good to know the podcast is making a difference. Hey, eh? influencing people, Brad. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for saying big armed half. Reason I say that is uh, recently I was doing this marriage workshop at this church. Never been there before. I don't know a lot of the people. And this guy, he just comes up and introduces himself. But the first thing he says is, "Hey, big arm half." He gave me a once over, looked me over, and you know I kind of felt a little judge there because you know my spaghetti arms here they don't match up to what he had in his mind of me being the rock or something. So uh, yeah, that was that was fun. I had to butch up my voice a little bit, you know. I need I need to go along with that image now. And look what you've made me do. <laughs> Gotta start wearing muscle shirts in the middle of winter. Like this is where I'm at. <laughs> Maybe I need to start using that big jug of water, you know, that bodybuilders use used to have. I just bring that everywhere and I just look like I mean business. That's all I could do to fit in with bodybuilders. I don't have the physique that you have. So you just fit in. Well, I'll fake it till you make it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because I was at that church about a month before, right? And and I met Kurt and then he started listening to the podcast and now he just feels like he knows you. So it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, no, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but if you do come up to me, um, you can call me my name. That's fine too. But whatever, whatever you feel, that's fine too. <laughs> Braden, not Brandon, not Braden. It's it's Braden. That's so you right. can call him Braden. <laughs> uh, hey, we had a que- we had a question come in from one of one of our guys in Pure Freedom Journey. He was also a, a loyal listener of the podcast. But the question was just about our childhood and the markings of our childhood and why is it that the things that we are impacted by growing up, whether it's our parents or anything else that influence us as kids, why are those so strong and they become our our default way of living? Even if we grow up and we choose a value system that is different than that, right? And so we might grow up in a home where maybe our parents are encouraging us to watch porn and we grow up and re- we realize our value is that, hey, I, I know the Lord now or maybe I don't know the Lord, but I see that porn is, is bad and damaging me. I don't want that. But then it can still be a struggle to get free of it. It is a struggle to live out your values because the influence of your, of your childhood might win out. Um, maybe you grow up in just a you know, religious home or not but your parents just have some sort of dysfunction or there's um, been infidelity or your parent, one of them or both is hooked on pornography themselves. And so um, whatever it could be, that dysfunction, it marks you as a kid. And so why is it so hard to break free of that even when it goes against our value system? And so it's a really good question and we just wanted to chat through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, often we don't think about the imprints that our family has had on us. And I like what you're saying. It's, um, I mean, we were talking before is like a script that's running in the background of your life that you don't know is running. And it becomes evident when we butt up against some of these beliefs that we hold based on maybe what we saw modeled for us growing up. They actually do affect us. And um, whether we know it or not, these are th- something that we all have in our life. Like we you know, kind of recreate what we have seen. We live out maybe some of the the patterns that were modeled for us as well too. And this is when it comes to porn and addiction and, and, and just life in general, 
sometimes these are uncovered. And uh, I know that we always mention when we do a marriage workshop that the imprints that our family has had on us, our family of origin have had on us, run very deep and in marriage exposes it. It's the same thing, you know, like with pornography or anything else. Sometimes these are revealed when we uh, put our feet to the fire, so to speak, in life. And um, maybe we aren't aware or maybe we are aware. Maybe we like what's going on in life based on some of the patterns, some good patterns, but often there's some bad patterns too that we are recognizing as well. When we start to identify them, it can be helpful moving forward. Uh, and I know God does this in our life. It's like layers of an onion pulling back from our life, uh, revealing things that maybe we weren't aware of. And this takes time. It takes a process, a journey. We don't, this doesn't happen all at once. It's not like a big data dump occurs in our life at a certain point when we accept Jesus and all of a sudden we're aware of everything. No, there's, there's layers to this. And uh, especially when we're um, doing a masking kind of behavior like porn, where we're not internal or not looking internally at anything. We're in fact, more often than not trying to avoid some of that thought pattern. And so these, these imprints of our uh, upbringing, our childhood, you know, I, I think it's, it's something that we, uh, it, once we become aware of them, they can be helpful in understanding them that to move away from certain things that are destructive. Um, maybe it's the actual pattern or model, um, but maybe it's the way our behavior is being revealed and um, some of these coping mechanisms, like our drug of choice, going to porn or masturbation. Totally. Totally. I, I think it's good to identify that you're not alone Yeah. <laughs> if you're having this experience, because I think it's a hundred percent of people on earth have this, this influence of their childhood, whatever the childhood is. And, it, and it can be hard to break away from it. Hopefully there's good things too that are instilled in you. And therefore other people can look at you and go, man, I wish I had that default setting to live in that way. Um, there's good and bad. So I think that to have compassion and grace on yourself is really important with two things. Number one, to realize that there are good things that came from your childhood mm -hmm. and those are imprinted on you. And secondly, with the, with the things that you want to change or the things that maybe other people want to want to have you change, um, have grace because it's, it's how you're made to like, literally it's how we're made to mimic our parents and to mimic the, the influences that we have as children. So Ephesians five is the first place that I think in scripture and in, in verse one, it says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, as children, we're supposed to imitate God. So God wants us to imitate him as children. And it says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So he's, he says, imitate me as children. And then he tells us how to do it. So, and walk in love, right? As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So live sacrificially, um, love other people, uh, glorify God with your life. This is, this is how we're supposed to live and it's supposed to be imitating God. But this is when, when God is our father and when we're in the family of God, when we're a child of God. So you take this principle and realize that that scripturally we're born into Adam, it says, and then secondly, we're born into Christ. So the first thing is we're born into Adam and we're born into this world. We're born into, we're fleshly human beings with a sin nature and we're broken. And, um, and with that, we are still made to imitate and to be like our parents and be like those who have influence us, who have influence on us. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a real thing, and it's a real deal. And so if you're thinking like, man, why am I so much like my mom or like my dad, and it's not a good thing, it's because that's how we're made as human beings, to imitate them. Now, when we're 
then born into Christ, then he is our father, then God is our father, and Jesus is that example, and he's the forerunner that's opened this way for us to have this new way of living in him and in the family of God. And so it's important to look at like, okay, what are the things from my upbringing that now God is wanting to change? And so he transforms our heart and he renews our mind and he does that more and more as we seek him more. And I think it's it's amazing his process of doing things because he doesn't just change us all at once, mm-hmm. which tells me that he he's okay to a degree with our dysfunction. Like he, he's not disqualifying us from his love or from working in us or working through us. He he loves us and he never stops working on us. And so it's okay when he brings up one thing for us to focus on that one thing to work on and to change or heal or whatever it is. And then when we're at a certain point of of a maturity or healing, he, he'll bring up another thing. And just slowly he'll start to shift us away from the dysfunction of our childhood. But I think that it's super important to just to just see see this through a, a lens of grace, whether it's your own story or someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, if you're if you're hearing all this and you're starting to think through what some of these patterns could be, or what this has meant, uh, maybe some beliefs, whatever else. Um, I know it can be hard to understand right away if this is the first time you've heard a kind of concept of this, this imprinting our family of origin has given us the models that we have seen in our living out. Um, we Sometimes we use silly examples to try to get our mind thinking about this. I, I like going, coming back to marriage examples because it's so funny how like my wife and I, we will still run into some of these things of we were modeled something growing up. We thought this is the way you do it. And my way is best and my way is the way that we're going to do in our marriage. And of course it doesn't always work that way. Uh, but an example of this is, you know, my wife and I are very different when it comes to how we do dishes. Um, now we found our own third way. I like to say we, we found a way that works for both of us, but early on in our marriage, the imprint that my family uh, of origin gave me was you have your sink, two sides to the sink. You use both sides. One side, you wash the dishes. The second side, you leave the dishes in there to dry. So I always did this as a, growing up as a teenager. I would, I would I was a dishwasher in our, in our family. We didn't own a dishwasher. I was a dishwasher. But I would wash the dishes and then I would play my little game of Tetris on the side there of stacking dishes so that they would dry and then my mom would put them away. Seemed like a good system to me. And I brought that into our marriage and I realized that pretty quickly that my way was wrong. <laughs> Uh, my wife can't stand it when the sink is full of dishes. She can't stand it. Growing up, her mom keeps a very clean sink. Like not even a crumb can be in that sink. Like it has to be clean, has to be completely clear. No dishes in there. That isn't what the sink is for. So you wash your dishes, you dry them, you put them away ASAP. In fact, you don't leave dirty dishes in the sink at all. You have lunch. You better be washing those dishes right away after you've eaten that last bite of your lunch because you cannot leave dishes in the sink. So this is what we butted up against. She had her imprinting. I had my imprinting. And we both kind of had to navigate that. And I didn't really give it much thought. When I was a single man, I wasn't thinking, hey, when I get married, this is the way it's going to be. I'm doing dishes this way. My wife better be okay with it. I didn't even give that a thought. Now, that's a marriage example. But we have examples like that in our life too. It could be something like this. More serious, uh, for instance, is when you face stress in life, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. You just put on that brave face 
because it's not comfortable. In your family of origin, you didn't talk about things that stressed you out. Or maybe stress or friction in life was met with anger. Maybe your mom and dad raised their voice. Maybe they said things. Maybe that's what you saw growing up. So now you're recognizing it. In life, when you face some anxiety or stress, you deal with it by getting real kind of hot and heavy in your language. Um, you, you start to raise your voice. You might get really angry, frustrated, storm out of the room. And you don't realize you're doing this because it's just a model. It's the way that you've always done things. You didn't realize that it was going to carry forward into your adult life that from what you saw when you were a kid. Now, there's some examples for you. Maybe this starts to get the wheels turning a little bit about how we have coped and dealt with life based on what we saw growing up. Maybe there's some good things too. Like Matt, you're mentioning, there's some good things that our parents passed on to us, that our family of origin passed on to us. However, um, God's working in us and he's working in, in, in those layers of brokenness that we all have. So we do have, we could have been raised in a great family, had a great model, but there's still a broken family. There's still brokenness and there's still stuff there that we have to kind of come to terms with. And again, this isn't an exercise to hammer on our parents, our family of origins, blame everything on them. We have to take ownership. And that's what this activity is. You recognize the models, but you take ownership of your action now. And that's, uh, that's important. And we can't be a victim in this because we're just going to perpetrate that cycle. If we choose to have kids or have kids eventually, if that's what we're teaching, you know, hey, it's just the way it is. It's just the way we are, you know, um, that's not taking ownership in life. And so we can break that cycle um, and learn the good th- and pass it on, but also break the bad cycle and and pass on good as well too. And when it comes to stuff like porn, yeah, this is, I mean, I had a lot of imprinting in this area because, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't really have uh, an avenue to talk about my emotions. That wasn't what was modeled in my family. So you couple that with a porn addiction. Oh man, that was rough. I didn't know how to talk about my emotion. So this uncomfortableness, when you, you bring that emotion into life and you're feeling stuff, well, you don't want to feel anymore because you don't have an avenue to talk about it. So I'm going to find something and be a porn or whatever else. I'm going to go to something so that I don't have to feel anymore and I can just numb out. That's a good solution when you have uh, kind of a model and imprinting moving back into that unhealth. So that's what I perpetrate. That's what I recreate. And it just caused so much damage in my life. Like, and you might be hearing that and yeah, you relate. People, well, people would say to you, Hey, how's it going half? And you're like, it's going, it's going. No, I know it's going, but how, I don't talk about how it's yeah. just going. Stop That's asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me, don't expect me to say anything else. Yeah. Fine. It's just fine. Going. I'm, I'm fine. I'm yeah. Good. What's the acronym for fine feelings intentionally not expressed. That's what the acronym for oh, fine is. I've never heard yeah. that before. <laughs> feelings intentionally not expressed. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So some, some, I remember one guy, he, he was telling me that he, it's a blended family. So he married a girl who already had kids. And so in their home, they were very open, like not him, but his, his the married family he married into very open, just with like their body. And so they'd walk in on each other, showering and have a conversation and no problem. And the kids and the parents and it's just how it was. And that's not normal for a lot of people, but I actually know there's, there's multiple families that I know of that are like that and that's just normal so then he grew up is none of that like everyone was fully clothed all the time you take a shirt off and you're hiding on your own and so this was totally different for him so then he marries into this family and it took him some time to wear off the shock value but then finally he's like okay i'm just grafted into this family this is what i'm doing but then 
things got a little sticky because he was doing things in a little bit wrong of a way that he later got in trouble for. And so it's like, well, I don't know what I'm, what to do or how to handle this well, because this just seems bizarre. And anyways, there's those things where more commonly some, some families are super quiet and don't talk about things. You don't talk about porn, don't talk about sex. Other families are more open. And so this uh, dysfunction or dysfunction, these two different normals could um, could clash in marriage. And so then it causes, um, you know, assumptions about our spouse regarding sex or regarding their desire or even, you know, why are they not talking to me? Well, I don't, I didn't even know that I had to talk to you. I just was fine. Right. <laughs> and, um, and so it's important to bring these things up in marriage if you can, but even just marriage or single, it doesn't really matter because we have these imprints and it's cool to look at other families and go, okay, they do things differently, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean Braden's wrong to leave dishes air drying in the sink. Right. It's actually way more That's efficient. Good point. <laughs> it's just, right, right. Way, way more efficient. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have that hour where it's air drying, where yeah. there's not total peace and tidiness. That's right. So That's I true. get it. I get where Kristen's coming from. Now I'm like, oh, I do leave glasses on the counter here <laughs> when we're podcasting. I'm sorry, Kristen. I'm sorry I've done that. Do you need to go repent to her? But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's it's not. We're not wrong. It's just different. And I think that that's important for us to realize, even when our our imprinting has been sinful, and we we're, we've copied or imitated our parents in their sinful patterns. They've been in sexual sin. Now I'm in sexual sin, and to realize, like, okay, I'm not just a bad person. This is the marking that's on me. But also now, okay, I have the Holy Spirit of God now for in the family of God, and He's in me. He's trying to work things out of me, and it's important to be open with that. So a hard heart and a closed heart are not ideal for this, but a soft heart will open the door for a grace and compassion, but also for change and it'll be mendable. And, and I think it's cool to have a long-term perspective too, to realize like, okay, this won't change in a day, probably won't change in a year, but it's like I said a couple months ago on a podcast, it's kind of like a big ship that's turning. It's just a slow turn but you want it to turn. If you want to get to a different place, you got to turn it. So start turning that wheel and it's going to be a slow turn, but we get there. And so when we're growing up, we got to think, hey, why is it like this? So with our prefrontal cortex, it's the last place in our brain that gets fully developed. That's at the front and there's a reason and your ability to think critically and, and solve problems, see solutions. And so you grow up and you see this value system. You just you, you look at different ways that people live or you learn things from the Bible or from teachers or whoever. And you're like, yeah, you know, I think that I like this value. That seems right to me. Um, I want to be open. I want to be honest and vulnerable. I, I want to be um, healthy sexually in the way that I act. So that's our prefrontal cortex. However, when we've grown up, we are our brains are so moldable by our, our experiences. And so our belief system comes from our experience a lot of times. And so our, 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 our dad, I remember one man saying, yeah, my dad would just say, hey, you can always look, just don't touch. And so that was how he grew up. His parents were married and his dad would always say that. And so that's how he grew up because that was his belief system going, okay, this is, make, this is just my normal. And so he had to then, he found Christ and he started learning and it was like, okay, it took a few years to realize the depth of the damage that that caused. But he started to realize that once his brain's more fully developed, once he's learning a different value system, 
but then it still takes time. And so it's cool to look back and go, okay, there's a time of my life where I was influenced by somebody for better or worse. And now God is in my life. He's wanting to work things out of me or grow me in certain things. And so the Holy Spirit is changing our heart, transforming us. He's renewing our mind. And I think that the best way for that to happen is to be, some people say the word or the phrase washed in the word. You can be washed in the word, literally the word of God. So you read the Bible. This is why it's so important to make it a habit to read the Bible and spend time with your heavenly father so that he can wash you clean of the of the things that we grew up in. And I love personally praying um, just like, God, how did you, or how did my dad represent you? How did my mom represent you? How do they represent you well? How do they not represent you well? Um, just in their limitations of being a human being. It's not that something's just terribly wrong with them. It's just we're all limited, we're all broken. And so going to the Bible and to prayer to my Heavenly Father and just wanting to have that be the truth and the the words that wash over me, and then I can I can start to change and grow in those things that maybe weren't normal to me when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Uh, it's it, That to me has been transformative because when your parents are the the people that you imitate, now you have God as the Heavenly Father, and like Ephesians 5 says, we're to imitate Him. And yeah. so we need to learn Him and realize that He's making us more, not inherently in His image and likeness, but He's teaching us how to live that out, mm-hmm. which is a really cool thing. It is. It's so hopeful um, to understand that, is that uh, there's a next, there's new, there's fresh, um, it's just snowing like crazy here right now uh, or has recently in Edmonton. And I always, um, aside from being like, oh man, why do I live here? Uh, it's also very pretty. <laughs> every every yeah. winter, why <laughs> yeah. am I here? <laughs> yeah. It's also very beautiful, like white as snow. There's some purity kind of imagery with that too. And it's the same thing for you. You know, Jesus washes you as white as snow, as pure and as white as snow. And um, whatever we have faced in our past, um, he redeems that. He restores that. I came from a broken family, a broken home. He redeemed that. He restored that in my life. I'm so thankful that he did that. He saw me at one of my darkest times growing up, not understanding why I had this such brokenness in my family. And he redeemed that. And um, that's what he wants to do for you. And he is doing in your life, whether we recognize it or not. You know, when we come to him, when we open ourselves up to him, and as you're mentioning, we bring those walls down. We don't uh, we work really hard at praying into that hardness that sometimes our heart has, that crustiness that our heart has. And we allow God to work in and through that transformation um, to give us a heart of flesh. We, we become more like him and there's such hope in that. And, and that extends out far beyond even family of origin. Like our, our childhood, a lot happened. For many of us, we don't have a lot of memory of our childhood. Some of us have very vivid memory of our childhood, but sometimes in our formative years, we faced trauma or pain or issues that occurred that maybe even extended outside of our home. Um, You know, I've talked to guys, I remember there was one guy, um, he was teased a lot growing up at school, Um, didn't have a lot of friends, he was teased. And that really affected his confidence into adulthood. He didn't feel like he was seen or that he had any value uh, because his peers were just really cruel to him. And that could be a similar situation to maybe what you've gone through um, that, that, you know, maybe you just really don't feel like you can let anybody in because you're so scared if someone saw you, saw behind the curtains of your life, so to speak, that they wouldn't accept you. 
But God doesn't do that. Um, he knows every nook and cranny of you and of us. And, and so he, he loves you fully and accepts you fully. And he wants to work in those dusty corners uh, to bring that light and healing and um, accepts you fully. I mean, that's, that's such a powerful thing. No matter what we've gone through in our childhood, no matter what we did or didn't do in our childhood, he has been there and walking with us and he's was there then he's here now. And so sometimes we do have to come to terms with maybe some trauma, uh, some things that we faced in our childhood that did impact that imprinted on us, imprinted on us and that are affecting us now. Um, you know, there's, there's many things sometimes I'm coming to terms with like <laughs> things that happened in my childhood that man, like you, you, when God's working in that, you re- didn't realize how much of an effect that has had on you. I have lots of moments in my life like that, that weren't necessarily a pattern that my family was modeling that I was watching, but it was more so an event that happened. And it was just really, it was like a jolt to me at that stage uh, of my life. And it did imprint upon me, um, made me feel a certain thing. And uh, I lived out of that. Um, so those are things too. And this might seem really overwhelming, right, Matt? Like so much, but that's, that's why God is so patient and gracious with us. Um, we don't have to have this figured out from day one. It, really, this is the work that he's doing in our life. But the more that we open ourselves up to receive from him, the more that we're willing to talk about what our life was like or what we've learned or what we've seen, uh, the more and more that we're going to just be seeing that work of the Spirit in our life, uh, moving us towards becoming more like Jesus. Um, because yes, God could do all this work by twisting our arm and forcing us to open up, but he's patient with us. And that's why it takes time because I don't know if you're like me, I'm fickle. I take time. <laughs> like I, I often will recognize something in my life, but I just pull it the, I put the brakes on. I just dig my heels in and I don't want change. Like, no, no, I don't want to face this. I don't want to remember this. I don't want to look into this, uh, pull back uh, the drapes and see what's behind here. I don't want to do any of that. And that's why God's so patient. He could force me to do it, but he's patient. And so that's, I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, it would just be great if we could just be quicker with some of this stuff too. But hey, we can make decisions. We can make the choice. You know what? No matter what's happened in the past, I do want to be open. God, I want to be open to you. I want to receive from you. Can we start there? Maybe that's your start point. Yeah. Yeah. We all want it quick, eh? (laughs) That's right. I remember one guy, his wife wants to pray with him more and and worship with him more. and, And he's just, like, man, this is just like my parents. Like, my mom always wanted to pray with my dad, and my dad was just so bothered by it. Now I'm getting the same thing. And, you know, so he's digging his feet in like you are, like you are. and I'm just thinking, but maybe maybe your wife just wants, like, a really deep spiritual connection with you mm-hmm. and to seek the Lord with you. But the imprint from his childhood was that his dad was frustrated with his mom, who loved the Lord and was passionate and going after that. So... If you're resistant to it, I just encourage you to think, why am I resistant to this? Why am I resistant to changing? Um, you think about, I, I like the story of Joseph in Genesis. And Joseph was the favorite son of a lot of kids in that family. And and his dad gave him a jacket that his brothers didn't get. And, and he was the favorite one. But he had a couple of dreams that he shouldn't have told. <laughs> right. Shouldn't have told. Like, hey, you guys, you're... My, siblings parents you guys are going to bow down to me and they didn't really like that but his his dad who loved him the most even he didn't like that like even his dad doubted and like hey why are you you really think that we're going to bow down to you you know he there could have been entitlement 
in Joseph because of that. He got stuff from his dad that his siblings didn't get. So he could have felt entitled. He could have felt doubted by his dad. Like, okay, you you love me this much, but even you doubt this? Like, why are you doubting my words? Like, he, he could have felt doubted and he could have felt entitled. And there's a hundred other things he could have felt. But when he was outside of the home and not living with his parents anymore, you know, he... He went through years of being in jail. That's not something that happens when you're entitled. Right. And he 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 then was a ruler and he was put in charge of a country that it wasn't even his country and and that's not, you know, it, where his father doubted him. Now someone's like, "No, I believe in you. You can you can rule the whole country." And so there's different experiences that can counter the imprints from our from our childhood and all throughout that story. I love it. Cause it, it just constantly says God was with him. God was with him. And he was, I think so close to God, no matter what that God was able to shape him and change him no matter what the imprinting was as a, as a kid. But we were, Brad and I, we were talking about um, David too, as a kid mm-hmm. and he was basically the worthless one, right? Yeah. He was called Hakatan. I th- now fact check me. That's what I remember. It's a Hebrew word for worthless one. Yeah. That's what his dad called him, yeah. worthless one. That's so, nice. So, yeah, so Saul, or, or Samuel's like, hey, bring all your kids to me. And and Je- Jesse, David's dad, doesn't even bring David. He no. just brings a, brings the other ones. And, and uh, oh, this is all the kids I have. And, uh, well, I guess there's that worthless one out in the field. You can you could look at him too. And, you know, those the imprint from David's dad, when you look at how David was as the dad, we don't really think he was the greatest dad in the world. His kids were a mess. Yeah. I mean, one of his kids raped another one, like son raped a daughter. The other son tried to kill him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so his kids were a mess. And, yeah. and you know, the the sexual perversion that Solomon had, like, there's this, it wasn't pretty. And so David's imprint from when he was a, a kid from his dad wasn't ideal. He probably carried that forward to some degree and maybe he longed for attention and maybe that's why he went to Bathsheba and committed adultery. We don't really know, but, but there was perversion that was in his life. And you look at that and think, but God called him the, like a man after God's own heart Mm -hmm. and worked so powerfully. And Jesus came from the line of David and his name is so honored. And so the dysfunction that David never really fully got over, he, that didn't define him. That wasn't the defining point of his life. And God was aware of it, but he didn't look at David and go, hey, you're disqualified from my love. I could never do anything with your life. And so we will never quite get there. We'll never get to perfection. But we want to do what we can. We want to be open. We want to let the Lord work on us. And we want to grow. And we want to identify these things. And yet when we see the brokenness in our life, it doesn't disqualify you from doing great things and from loving people and from living in the love of God. hundred percent. That's, I, you know, I hope is very encouraging to you to hear that. And, and the fact that God knows your life, sees you, knows everything you've been through, everything you've done, everything you will do. And he, he loves you and, and accepts you and wants to be in deep relationship with you. And so that's really a key crux of what we're trying to get at here is um, no matter what we've been through in life, there's a loving heavenly father who just wants to wrap you in his arms uh, and fully just love you and be with you and call you out of some of these things that we have been through and to give you a different way. 
a better model uh, that he is working in us to become more like him. So that's something that uh, we want to leave with you today and just encourage you to continue to spread the word about this podcast. Please, if you can, leave a review on one of the, the apps or platforms. Uh, spread the word to your coworkers, friends, family. Uh, we just really want to see God use this. And it's so amazing. We're always so blessed. We're just two regular guys that uh, have a story. And we've seen God work in our life, um, moving us away from porn, having freedom and have such joy because of that. And we just want to share that. And so God's using that because he's the center of this story. He's the one that gets the glory in that. And that's what he wants to do in your life too. So please spread the word because there's others that you need to hear that message of hope as well. So if you want to learn more about God's love for you too, in December, uh, we did a take on the 12 days of Christmas, but it's 12 days of receiving God's love. And so you can go uh, to restoredministries.ca slash 12 days, and you can get access to 12 days of teaching. And you're, you're going to experience God's love in in a unique way each day, but different ways that God can can have you experience his love. And it's going to help you grow in a lot of these areas, grow out of the dysfunction in your life and just understand that there's a safety in doing that with God too when you really are aware of his love uh, all throughout your day. So I encourage you to do that. 12 days of receiving God's love at restoredministries.ca slash 12 days. God bless. We'll chat soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.